Hello, hello everybody. So welcome to episode 46 of Tetarik with Walid. And today I am delighted and happy to have two young Singaporeans who will be discussing with us their latest contribution to the Singapore politics society literature. It's called Brown is Redacted. So the editors will be joining me. So my Sarah Aljaru, two of the three editors at this end. Christian Mark James Paul, uh, and yes, in his in the book he acknowledges that he has four first names. So we will be having them. I'm extremely delighted uh, because this came from a play they did actually. So my Sarah and Christian did, uh, which was called uh, Brown is Haram, and we will we will get to talking about the book and other things and race in Singapore. But please get this. Book by by Ethos Books and the the cover is also is quite pretty, uh, but the content as well it's 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 pretty good. I I highly recommend it. Uh, some some chapters for me are, are outstanding and uh, should 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 almost be compulsory reads of sorts uh, for for any study on race and politics in Singapore. Hello, my Sarah, how are you? Hi. How are you? Hello, I'm good. I'm good. So, congratulations on the publication of this Thank book. Thank you. How, how do you feel Thank about that? While 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 we while we wait for him, how do you it's, feel about it? It's been quite a journey, so it's it's quite satisfying to see everyone's hard work being put together. You know, the months of like back and forth, you know, discussing. So it's great. It's great that like it's, it's finally or oh, it's coming out very soon, and I'm very very excited for for everyone to read it. Yeah, hope right, I had, right. you had a good time reading it. <laughs> oh, I did, I did, and I, I, I just finished it yesterday, so it was really good. And I think your, uh, your brown is haram. I didn't watch the play. I saw snippets yeah. of it on on IG, and but I read, I read the entire thing, and it's really fantastic. I wanted to get to some pages. Hello, Christian. I was just Hello. congratulating my Sarah, so I should congratulate you as well. So I really enjoyed your, uh. The transcript of your play, uh, so I thought that was the strongest part of the book. So it started and ended off really well. So I really enjoyed Hazira's chapter. I really, I really think it was such a strong chapter, and it was, it was the perfect uh, way to to end the book. Um, so okay, so so let's get to it, right? So uh, by the way, I don't know how old you guys are, but you guys both of you are much younger than I am. So uh, I. <laughs> I cannot imagine having a book out at that age. So, so really well done to you guys. And I know uh, editing, you know, some of the authors will get on your nerves in terms of the timelines. <laughs> so, mustn't have been an easy endeavor. So, congratulations again. Okay. So, so first question, right? So, if I were to channel like a a typical Singaporean or a typical maybe a typical maybe Singaporean who's used to stability, right? Say so, aren't aren't books like this right really not good for societal stability because you're opening up a can of worms, right? Why do you need to talk about race when everything is yeah things are not perfect but they are as good as it can get, right? Do you want Singapore to be like America? <laughs> so how would the two of you respond to to that? Yeah, so anyone can go first. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. Well, I guess um, 
I guess I, I think I think what we wrote in I think like the last paragraph of the introduction, um, I think we would like to encourage people to not shy away from dissent or from these uncomfortable conversations. Um, and I think, yeah, so I would say that I think dissent can be quite productive uh, and that um, that doesn't necessarily mean it won't be uncomfortable, um, but I think still very fruitful. Um, even if it like produces tension, I think that is still in and of itself worth acknowledging and thinking through. Um, that's what I would say, and I would let my Sarah continue. I think what I would have to say is, I think what is worse than having a book that, you know, people might feel comfortable about is racism itself. I think that's something that, you know, like, yeah. But I think, uh, um, oh, but also, you know, um, I think we really, you know, knowing that I, I think people are, are ready to have this conversation, you know. Um, I would give credit to our readers um, that we are able to hold conversations about this, you know. Um, I don't think that, I feel like silencing is kind of an insult to people's intelligence. You know, we assume that people are not able to hold um, conversations about this and understand what is going on. Yeah, so that would be my response. Okay, excellent, excellent. So, so I just wanted to uh, read, uh, some of the parts of the paragraph that uh, Christian mentioned. Um, dissent, I'm, I'm quoting, dissent can be a healthy thing. It can produce accountability and more importantly, it can highlight what we have been doing wrong. It can be an animating force. That is our hope for this anthology to set conversations in motion. We hope that one is left with a sense of wondering, a state of mind that is inherently open-ended. And ultimately, this anthology is about the process, the process of collective searching, of dialoguing, of uttering, because when we continue to utter, we necessarily continue to fight. I think that is so eloquently put and, and just based on your answers. So it's okay. So you want people to feel uncomfortable, right, Christian? You want because this comfort is, is good, right? Uh, and what's worse than... Talking about racism is racism. <laughs> you should be channeling your your angst towards acts of racism rather than uh, discussing racism. So thank you, thank you so much for for that answer, but also for writing this book. So another one, right? Another one that um, people always talk about is and with and I'm sure all of us have gotten some version of this, right? Oh, minorities are too sensitive. That's the first one, right? Minorities are too sensitive. The other one is younger minorities are too sensitive, right? So I say younger, right? So I include myself in this category as well. So younger minorities are too sensitive. You know, back then in the kampung, you know, I've, I've even seen articles in Straits Times, right? Uh, and I've, I've even heard older minor, some older minority folks say this. Back then, you know, we used to tease each other and uh, the, the Chinese would tease the Indians for for their dark skin and then the Indians would tease the Chinese for for their lack of facial hair or whatever it is. So how would you respond to that when, when people say that minorities, especially younger minorities, are too sensitive? You want to go first this time, Aisara? <laughs> okay. Um, I think my response to this idea about us being um, like sensitive you know the question would be are we being too sensitive or are, are you being too ignorant about things you know um are you excusing your behavior um i think that um 
people are always uncomfortable with change, you know, because when you're stuck in a status quo, you you don't want to change, right? Why would you want to change things when you have it good, you know? But I think it also comes from a lack of understanding that, you know, when people talk about experiences, you know, things that they are not comfortable about or things or, this, you know, discrimination that they have faced is not a personal attack, you know? If you feel that you've been treating people fairly, then there shouldn't be a, a, a reason to feel like, oh, you know, this person is being uncomfortable because you, you know, no one likes it when their experience are being, you know, um, dismissed, you know. Um, I think it's this idea that I think people's experiences are finally being acknowledged, you know, um, because I think also the discourse or the language that we used over time when we talk about race has changed, right? Um, we're putting, you know, um, labels, I guess that's something else to, to, to talk about, but you know, um, whenever there's a response, oh, I've heard it, of course, you know, like, oh, back in the kampong days, right? <laughs> but, you know, I, you know, like, I think when you talk to, like, some of the, like, older minority generation, they, they, you, you hear, like, such sentiments, but also, you know, after that, they, they start to realise that actually it's not all that great, right? It's a very right. superficial idea of, like, oh, you know, I can make fun of you, you can make fun of me, but essentially, I guess, maybe because the younger generation in, in some right. sense, you know, we, we have developed or developing our own language about talking about it, you know, that makes right. it seem that we are being too sensitive. Yeah. Right. Thanks, yeah. Chris. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I would just say that, I mean, I guess it's sort of like um, a, a double-edged sword when you have sort of like the vocabulary to talk about things, the more, the more clearly you can see some things, right? I mean, if you can describe something, you just have more words to be able to then pinpoint a certain thing and I think that's worth acknowledging that I guess of yeah like what my Sarah was alluding to the vocabulary has expanded we can talk about these things in in, in ways that maybe yeah people and you know in, in, in a different time couldn't talk about it and and like what my, my Sarah said I mean like I have had experience with yeah even my own parents and things like that right as I am taking them through Admittedly, things that I've, I've learned in, in, in obviously quite like maybe privileged spaces and academic spaces, but even through my own experiences and my own readings, because I now can talk about these things in a certain way. And I've also now like, am able to share this knowledge with, with like my parents and, and get them to think through some of these lenses that now I have also. Yeah, they do also see things differently uh, because they are now also equipped with, with, with this vocabulary. And I think it's, it's, it's about literacy, right? I mean, I think the more fluent you are in, in talking about these things and flexing this muscle, then the more comfortable you are with actually seeing some of these things that maybe you didn't see before. Um, so yeah, I do think it is just about encouraging people to, yeah, I, I guess just work at it and keep at it and, and keep having these conversations. Thank you. Thank you. I think those are excellent answers. So it's, it's a natural, well, not natural because a lot of work has to be put into this, right? Expansion of the vocabulary. Um, and that requires work on, on the part of activists like yourself, which uh, you guys are doing, uh, you're doing well. And uh, I also wanted to just uh, pick on what my Sarah said, right? Uh, this idea also by some minorities, that, that, that is also not representative of many older minorities, right? So many older minorities will readily talk to you about racism and privilege. They may not use the, the terms we do, but they know exactly what it means. Like, I, I, I very rarely meet a minority, uh, whatever the age, right, who doesn't know uh, what privilege is. Not in, not in terms of the meaning, but in terms of the concept, right? And even, like, outright racism, not even privilege, right? So I have a relative who 
uh, and this person is in in her 70s now and uh, she stopped going to school uh, because people were calling her curling right uh, and and you guys would know right what what that means how how pejorative that term is right even even now uh, you know even now i i mean i i have to say i get upset when when i hear the term so i mean those are that was something that happened in the 60s right so you cannot just say oh last time people were i think even that premise itself is is quite flawed so so thank you for for your uh, answers right so just just final one on this before we get to the book proper right so how do we expand the vocabulary how we how do we expand the literacy right or increase the literacy expand the vocabulary without our chinese friends seeing this as an attack or uh, so in singapore it be chinese so a- a- anywhere else without the majority race seeing us as attacking them um I guess, is it important like, even? Is it important even for us to consider well, that? Yeah. I think that you know, um, at some point, or at least for me, you know, I've realized that you can't please everyone, and you're not there to please everyone. You know, um, people who have the best intentions at heart will be open to such conversations, no matter how difficult it is, and they understand it's not a personal attack, right? People who, like I said, you know, wanna, I feel like want to protect their status quo, no matter what language you use, um. They will always see it as an attack, right? And I think at some point, as minorities, you need to learn to protect your energy. You know, not everyone is worth engaging. Um, and that's why, you know, I think like in in a lot of my um, interviews, I say that you know my main, I guess, goal whenever I do a piece of work is if your machi can cannot understand it, then I haven't met my goal. You know, if a machi can understand, you know, what I'm trying to say, then I've made it. Uh, because I've come to realize that, you know, like, I think like you said about, you know, parents, have, like having this conversation with parents, I realized that they have their own language and they come with, like, you know, different background, backgrounds and, and, and I guess time, you know, whenever I talk about this with my parents, I've realized, you know, for them, it's a, it's a survival instinct, right? They see it, they feel it, they acknowledge it, but they may not be as open to talking about it as I am because, you know, they just want to, like, you know, work and earn and provide for the family, Right. Um, right. You know, and, 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 you know, they put me through like university and, and so I feel like, okay, I have the space and knowledge of understanding it. And, and, and I guess for me, it's, you know, um, how can I ensure that that kind of space continues, you know, and as long as, you know, my priority is making sure that the majority feels okay and safe, you know, um, I don't think it's going to go anywhere because you're never going to like please everyone the majority. And I guess you're not meant to please everyone the majority. You know, and I think that it's part of processing and understanding what you've gone through and also breaking out of this idea of what, you know, um, living as a brown person is in Singapore, you know, like what does it mean to live in your own term? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Chris? Yeah, I think the the only thing I say is like almost, I mean, I guess from like a, like a more like strategical like standpoint or like, yeah, from a strategic perspective thinking, I guess, I mean, I guess, and I'm sure the both of you also have had conversations around, like, you know, when you're thinking as an activist and you're thinking about sort of like your your active resistors and sort of the people who actually are quite open. Maybe they are not right. like, actually vocal, but they are actually like what my Sarah was saying, actually generally open if you do have conversations. Right. And obviously it is, I mean, it is incredibly real that at times we do feel like the active resistors are like the loudest voice or like 
I mean, they are also very helpful and we, we end up thinking that shit, you know, like actually everyone is against us when actually, I, I guess, at least for me, especially with some of my work with like, you know, environmental activism and things like that, it's always important to think about like, okay, actually the active resistors are quite uh, a small part and, and, and it is easier said than done, but like that's always something I think I at least try and hold on to. Like my Sarah said, there are a lot of people that are willing to have the conversation if you actually just engage them. It's just right now they're, they're not necessarily actively participating. Right. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Because I am, I'm always trying to, uh, it's, it's a balance. Sometimes it's a struggle uh, on my end, at least I'm thinking that, you know, on one hand, you know, like, like, you know, last year I was embroiled in the Chinese privilege uh, controversy, right? Uh, and um, and you know I feel like it's something so obvious I remember I, I was speaking to my late father a few years ago when during the Pretty Please incident and he was asking me what, what is this and my, so my, my father didn't, didn't go to school he cannot read or write uh, highly intelligent but he, he didn't go to school so and then he was asking me to explain it to him and then I was explaining to him Chinese privilege right? and he looked at me as if I was some idiot right? like he's like what is new about this? Like, why, why is this that you think you figured out that we didn't know? Like, something so obvious to us, right? So, so for me, it's something so obvious. So, on one hand, it was frustrating that people were taking issue with something so obvious. But on the other hand, I'm also trying to think, if is there a way for me to, to meet people in the middle, in middle right? Not, not the ones that you guys are describing, right? The active resistors, the ones who are... Uh, out of malice, right? There's, there's little that you can do to change them. I'm thinking about the ones who are maybe racist out of ignorance or maybe who are clumsy out of... Uh, because they are not exposed, their vocabulary hasn't been widened. So how do we meet them in the middle? Uh, do you guys have any thoughts on that before we, before we move on? Yeah, I guess <laughs> the only thing I, I would say is that like, no, I mean, I've definitely been in that position before where I'll be like, oh, okay, I don't have to do this anymore, right? For sure, definitely. Um, and it's tough, it's tough. I think, I think, <laughs> I think like practicing patience personally has also been like a, a journey, something that I've had to learn for sure as I've gotten older, <laughs> even though I'm not at all. But um, <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I think it's also just part of your own education where you sort of like, mm. you know, especially as, as you as you internalize new concepts, you know, you see the world in a very different way and then you, you, you kind of cannot understand how people are not seeing it the same way right. as you. Right, right. But then sort of like maybe after, over time you realize that, oh, actually there are just different logics and yeah, you, you have to then, I don't know, maybe just like build the capacity of like patience you have and, and maybe that sounds super, super cliche, but at least for me, yeah, it's, it's just been like sort of taking a breath and being like, okay, it's fine, let me... You know, if I have the energy right now, I will. En I, I can engage and, and maybe will engage. But yeah, sometimes also just like what my Sarah said earlier on, right? Like if I don't have the energy or capacity, I think that's totally okay. Um, and just checking in with myself from time to time. Right. Okay. So I think my Sarah is stuck a little. Uh, so we'll we'll get uh, we'll get to her when she she comes back. I I think she can uh, she can hear us. So so. Let's get to the book proper, right? So, Black Skin, White Mask. So, this is Fanon's uh, book, of course, uh, and uh, his contribution to the ethnic literature. Um, how is it uh, related to your play? And maybe now you can uh, expand a little on your play. 
Yeah. Um, Sarah is back. Yeah, she's back. Oh, she she disappeared again. <laughs> okay. Carry on. I th- yeah. I mean, I think um, at least with with Fanon's text, um, I guess something that we were trying to do was um, maybe not necessarily directly respond, but to I guess put our play in conversation with some of these things and and to expand on yeah literature, but also just to. Um, I guess provide some of our own thoughts and some of our own contradictions also uh, in the play, which is why, for example, in the in the play when um, we have the scene where Maisara does first talk about Fanon's book, and then I later go on to talk about the text and how, yeah, right, conceptually it is incredibly easy or at least relatively easy to understand some of these things, right? To be like, yes, I too. Oh no, Maisara's fine. It's okay. Uh, I asked her to leave, then I'll add her back. Okay. Yeah. Carry on. Yeah. yeah. Like, I guess conceptually, it's very easy for me to understand or appreciate that, that yes, you know, we all internalize uh, racism or there is self-loathing. Like, I, 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 I can conceptually accept it, but it's it's very different uh, to put that in practice, right? And that's that's something that I uh, and a lot of other people, I think, also have to actively reckon with, right? You know, these the sort of tensions that and contradictions that exist within us. And what do we do about them? You know, I, I mean. I think I still have no real answers to, to what we do about them. But I guess those were the things that we were trying to trying to tease out, I think, in, in, in the play. It was not necessarily so much just us um, kind of like maybe agreeing or expanding on, 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 on the literature or some of these theories, but also then I think providing our own contradictions and how we also maybe have failed at times or, or, or also have, I guess, you know, where, 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 where there have been missteps on our part also. And I think just trying to be honest with all those things that, yeah, everyone is filled with these things, right? And, and there are always going to be ways where we are flawed. And, and that's just something that we kind of just have to hold, I guess. Right, right. So I think uh, my Sarah talked about the contradictions quite a bit, right? About the contradiction of being a, a, a Malay woman or a brown woman and the expectations. And you went on to talk about what Malay men expect of you, what Chinese men expect of you. And then it was so fascinating. Can you can you elaborate on these uh, contradictions, Maisara? Yeah, so I think when I was writing on the script, you know, uh, I worked with Alfian, you know, I think he made me question a lot about, about you know, um, you know, um, where I stand in, in, in society. And it's, I think it's something that me and Chris also had a lot of conversa- conversations about when we were like, you know, when we started being like friends, we had all these very raw personal conversations. And, um, I I kind of reflected, you know, about my relationship with you know the Malay men in my life, you know the Indian men in my life, you know even the Chinese men in my life, and um, it's quite fascinating how over time I realized I kind of have like you know had different like identities, you know, being around them, and you know I'm turning thirty next year, and and it came to a point where you know it's tiring, you know, it is it's very tiring because on one hand you know um. Chinese men have these like certain expectations of you or certain, you know, um, ideas of what a Malay woman is. And then, you know, the men in your community also have that expectations. So it made the question about what this idea of um, agency is, you know. Um, and, and personally, I just wanted to kind of like explore that and also un- unpack, you know, what it means to be like a, a, a Malay woman in Singapore society without all these like baggages like around you. You know, because I think when when you grow up, you know, like you, you're being told, this is how you should behave, this is how you should act. You've never really had the agency to kind of just, okay, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to be. 
you know, um, and 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 being able to just take a step and say like, I don't really care what the men, what men have to say. You know, right. I think I think that took a long time, even like for myself. Yeah. Right. So so yeah. So I mean, you know that uh, even you know, there's a joke right in in for Indian parents, you know. So it's either you are a doctor, your children becomes a uh, your child becomes a doctor, lawyer, engineer, or failure, right? So there's no. <laughs> These are the, <laughs> the options, right? So if you're not the three, then you are a failure, right? So, so it's really interesting to to read uh, the contradiction in expectations and and the frustrations of of uh, uh, Malay and Indian women, uh, I suppose, uh, in in regard to how others box them in in their own identities. Right? I do want to get to the to the utility of the term brown. Uh, but before that, uh, I wanna, I wanna read out uh, this passage from from the play. Uh, this is on page forty three of your book. So, uh, by the way, if my Sarah's Wi-Fi is a bit patchy because she's uh, she's overseas now. <clears throat> okay, so Brown is reserved presidency. That Brown is not ready. Uh, Brown is. Can we talk about hello, police? Um, Brown is you must set a good example. Brown is a family of three divorces and a missing uncle. Brown is climbing the stairs of social success. Brown is climbing the stairs of a HDB for you know dot dot dot. <laughs> Those who know know. <laughs> Brown is drinking tea at 2 a.m. Uh, Brown is illegal loitering. Uh, Brown is Dada. Brown is Dada is Haram. And that was hilarious to me. Uh, Brown is the police. Uh, Brown is the policed. Right? So you want to elaborate on that, uh, Kristen? I thought that was... I, I enjoyed that. In terms, of, in terms of just sections, that was my favorite section of the, of the entire book. Yeah, so can you, can, can you explain? Yeah, so I think... Um... Yeah, sort of like, I think those like that list of characteristics or list of definitions comes twice within the performance lecture itself, right? We, we start off with that and then somewhere through the middle, we, we, we come back to it. And I guess the whole point, and I think uh, Nabila in her essay sort of also expands on this is, I guess we were trying to demonstrate that like, this this sort of, you know, this, 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 how kind of, almost like wild and absurd it is to try and attempt a definition of, of what brown is, right? And how mixed with all some of these like stereotypes, you know, like of your, your Dadai Tuharam campaign, plus the, you know, reserve presidency and all these different tropes and what those present or what those symbolize and represent. You also then have some of these like, yeah, just like other things that um, are maybe like joyful and beautiful, like, you know, just kind of like having supper at night at like 2 a.m. with your friends or whatever. Um, and so, you know, and then trying to demonstrate that like these two things exist simultaneously, but also that there is no, yeah, there's no one answer and that like it is almost kind of, yeah, kind of like beyond the point or, or meaningless almost to try and sort of right. find answer. Um, so that's what we were trying to do at least with those two sections was try to demonstrate how, how ridiculous this, this, this exercise is and how almost right. impossible. Right, okay. So I want to read out the, the other part that you were talking about. So this is how you started the play. And then I'll get my Sarah to comment on this. Uh, Megan said she, she enjoyed that part a lot. I did as well. So, and then we'll get to Fadila's question. So brown is my skin. Brown is my big eyes. Brown is my mother. Brown is my mother. 
Brown is you're not that bad for a Malay woman, ah. Brown is being called dramatic by a white man. Well, it's true. We are we are dramatic. Uh, Brown is elderly in kindergarten, calling me black. Uh, uh, true story. Uh, my son is seven years old. It happened to him already. Uh, at seven, uh, Brown is Elvin Lim at uh, work asking me, "Are you sure you are not Indian?" And I, I presume this is because you are maybe slightly uh, fair-skinned, and then you don't, you do not qualify as Indian anymore. Brown is celebrating Easter, taking Tamil in school, having the name Ali in your family, but not being Eurasian, Indian, or Malay. Brown is having Javanese and Chinese blood, but still being Malay. Brown is the color of rasam, my favorite dish to have when I'm sick. Brown is staying up late on Hari Raya Eve to help my mum cook rendang and lode. Brown is diabetes. Brown is being the first in the family to go university. Brown is Mendaki scholarship. Brown is we are good enough. Brown is never good enough. Brown is self doubt. Uh, Brown is self loathing. So really excellent uh, part. Uh, and just on the part of diabetes, I think Hazira's chapter really really deals deals with that really well. Uh, she deals with other stuff as well. But my Sarah, uh, you wanna comment on that? Yeah, I think I think for that part, you know, we wanted to start off with something that everyone can relate to, right? And and I think commenting on what like Chris said, you know, um, you know, it's like how do you fix or or, or, or can we really have one to idea of what brown is? You know, I think Chris and I we have very different experiences, but there's a lot of similarities as well. Even the three of us, right? So we're just like I guess like picking out what. You know, I think everyone could could resonate. You know, um, things that made us laugh, whether it's com- like you know, even if it yeah. makes us laugh like uncomfortably, but also I think it in a mix of you know things that are nice, like you know, spending you know um, you know, Christmas with your partner or like helping your mom cook lodi, you know, during Hari Raya, but also the the more painful things that we hear every day. Right, um, whether it's a, this narrative about you know Indian family being unhealthy, um, you know being not good enough, and I think the ending about self-loathing is very true. You know, I feel like at some point, you know, every one person will go through that. You know, like hitting ourselves and 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 trying to fix into what this idea of a successful brown person is like. You know, so that was like I guess how we like one want, wanted to start start it off with. Thank you. Uh, so uh, to. Uh, questions from the audience. So one is, Fadila, what was the target audience for this, and was there any part of the for Brown is Haram? Sorry, not not mm-hmm. this book per se. Yeah. Uh, so was there any part of the reception from that uh, that play that uh, surprised you? The other is by Megan, uh, who herself is in in the art scene, and she asked, uh, what uh, what was the why did you guys choose to not go with the footnotes? She says she can think of reasons to go either way with or without footnotes to explain the. Uh, the non-English word. So uh, she just wants to hear why you guys went with that choice. Um, you wanna you wanna take one? I take one. How do you wanna do this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Um, I guess the first question was about um the reception. Reception, right? Um, yeah. our target audience as well. Um, yeah. I don't. Please correct me if I'm I'm, I'm wrong, but I. You know, I think we didn't like write it with attention like, oh, we want this specific group of people to come and watch. You know, we want only Chinese people to come and watch uh, because that's not it. Um, we also didn't go, we only want brown people to watch because I think that defeats the purpose of doing the work. So I think, you know, when we wrote it, it I guess for me personally, at, at least, you know, it, it's a very personal piece of work, right? So um, eventually, you know, um, at least for me, I wanted it to be seen by people who 
wanted to expand the idea of what brownness is um, and also, you know, beyond, you know, what, what has already been, been talked about. And any reception, I've, I've heard a criticism that, um, <laughs> that uh, oh, we, you know, we, we only like wrote it for Chinese people, which is not true. Um, you know, <laughs> um, because if the person actually came or if people came, they, they would say it's a, it's a mix of audience, right? Um, you know, and we don't control the guesses. But I think when we wrote it, mainly it's really for Singaporeans, you know, I, I would say, as cliche as it sounds, you know, it's, it's really for anyone who has like grew up here, um, not just born here, or I won't say Singaporeans per se, but anyone who is, I guess, a minority in this country. Right. You know, um, and and someone, and I guess people who from the majority who who want to relearn what it means, you know, to be a majority in this country as well. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I think other than that, you know, I think the reception has been has been great. You know. Um. You know, and 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 that's I guess partly why we wanted to like expand it into an anthology because I think everyone's story should be heard. You know. Um. And we wanted them to feel as validated as we did as well. Yeah. Thank you. Chris? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll, I'll just say something which I think will then segue into my response to the second question was, uh, yeah, I completely agree with my Sarah, but I, I do think what needs to be acknowledged, or I think something that we also, which I think was quite deliberate, was that we, I think also didn't really make an intentional effort with like over explaining or, or, or explaining ourselves, right? You know, even though we weren't going to say, even though we didn't explicitly say like, yeah, we, we, we don't want Chinese there or whatever. We didn't necessarily say that, but at the same time, we weren't necessarily going to translate everything. We weren't necessarily going to have footnotes for everything. Uh, and I guess that leads to my response to the response to the second question with, and obviously there's lots of, like, you know, I mean, I guess there's discourse and conversation around, you know, what does it mean to italicize specific words? What does it mean to footnote specific things to sort of like explain things? Or and you know what does that you know you know uh, reproduce and, and things like that and so I think if you if you notice in the book also I think we were quite intentional and also with 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 ethos and help right with not italicizing any of the non English and things like that because obviously then that I think sends also an incredibly strong sim like you know a uh, 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 yeah yeah a signal that this is out of the ordinary or, or this is not or this is something that you should pay attention to when I think for us that's not what we wanted and also you know i mean even in regular day conversations we all don't necessarily just use english exclusively right we have you know it's peppered with other words and things like that and so i think like what my sarah said i think that to us was an act of just trying to acknowledge yeah just where we are you know i mean like geographically and, and, and culturally and, and sociopolitically also um so yeah i think that was why we also then chose maybe not necessarily to sort of explain everything in the footnotes uh and it's also sort of like a kind of like wink wink if you know you know sort of, mm. sort of vibe that we were going for also i guess right 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 so i i, I completely uh get your explanation as i was reading i was also thinking well this requires quite a bit of insider knowledge so if you are not from the minority communities and you're reading this right hopefully it it uh, spurs you to actually it, what, what does this mean no, let me Google this or let me speak to. No, what, what, what does this mean, right? When Christians say brown, brown is you're not that bad for a Malay woman, and I can imagine that that's something that maybe some people would not would not know what it means, right? Are you sure you're not Indian? I'm I'm sure there will be some people who, no, no, Dada is haram. 
which was hilarious, right? By the way, I think also, I mean, I just, I just feel like I needed to add my own, my own uh, two cents on that, right? I feel like that is the classic one where you are introduced, you are trying to give a re- religious solution to a, to a secular problem, right? Which is, I, I mean, it's so misplaced. Uh, but anyway, so, uh, so yeah, I, I hope that uh, that happens, you know, when, uh, when people read and they don't, they don't know what it means, just, you know, go to the next brown person and ask, hey, what, what does this mean, right? And then you can have that conversation as well. Uh, so, so what I got from uh, the, the combination of your two answers, so it's very intentional, right? The, the things that you guys do, yeah. So a, a lot of thought was, uh, was put into this. Can, okay. Can, can I add? Yeah, carry can on. It, carry can on. Of course, in, of yeah. course. Also, also, like, I mean, you know, um, I think this idea, right, when you're a brown person, I think a lot of brown person will have this like, experience where, especially at work, right? Your colleagues will start, or your friends will start speaking in Mandarin, right? And then, um, I, I used to work at this place and my colleague um, who is Indian would say, yeah, she would just like pack her stuff and then she would leave on and start speaking in Mandarin. And they look wow. surprised and they say like, okay, you're speaking in Mandarin. I'm guessing the meeting is over, yeah. right? And yeah, so, so it's this idea like, you know, um, we were not here to cater to the majority in that sense. Um, also, you know, um, if you feel like, hey, you know, like, I don't understand this, you know, like, why are they not writing it in, in a language that I understand? Um, I guess, welcome to our life. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> right, right, right. All right, yeah. all right. Okay, so there is a, not payback, but there is a deeper meaning behind that as well. Yeah, right? I mean, so, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, thank you so much. And uh, I think also uh, Megan uh, followed up and does this bring up any concerns about accessibility? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess... Okay, go on, go on. You wanna... well, I, I mean, you... like, yeah. I think... I, <laughs> no, I guess for me, you know, um, it's... it's um, I don't think we wrote it in a way that it's not accessible. You know, I think it's, it, it, we wrote it in a way that um, it's, it's crafted where, you know, um, hey, like this how, or this is a daily occurrence for a lot of us, right? Mm. Um, I had a colleague who's like, um, oh, you know, um, who came to me and he's like, my Sarah, um, what is uh, Mu'is? And, you know, it's, it's quite astonishing because, you know, you're talking about government, like, you know, right. uh, like an organization, you know. So there's a lot of things that, um, that they say or they go through maybe it's not intentional but you know i guess in, in some sense this book would put them that that situation or that spot of knowing how it feels like yeah right and and there were some parts right that were that you did uh but very few some parts where you you did mm-hmm. uh translate right like gadis melayu terakhir and then you said yeah. last and then excluded yeah. offender and so on yes. yeah so uh so yeah i definitely see the intentionality uh behind this Okay, so my, my next question is, is actually similar. I, I said I wanted to talk about the utility of brown and it's very similar to what uh, Suhail said. Do you think brown reduces minorities to their skin tone? Does it not flatten entire cultures? The I and M categories in CMIO are already reductive. This, seem, this seems more so, no. And the question I wanted to, to ask was, this idea of brown community, right? So don't you think it's a bit of a myth that there is this brown community? Because the Malay experience and the Indian experience are completely different. Uh, and I think uh, Lavi, uh, Dr. Lavanya, uh, sorry, uh, she, 
she brings up, she does a very good job of even talking about the Indian experiences, the North and South Indian experience, which is not talked about a lot, uh, especially in terms of migration, right? Uh, and she talks about how actually the local Indians are the ones who are a lot of times most resentful against the, the new uh, Singaporean Indians, right? Who tend to be uh, from the North, different socioeconomic status, uh, different region, different, different language as well. Uh, so do you think that there is such a category as brown and how useful is it to use, to use that category? I can, I can start. Yeah, I think, yes. yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm wondering if, if this is productivity or utility. Even. I'm not sure if, if that's like the right angle to think through this only because indeed it is, yeah, I mean, it is, it is to, to some extent going to be reductive, but also not necessarily because I guess um, what we were trying to do, what we, 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 we attempted to do with the book is to show that it is indeed very expansive or it's not necessary to say that these are the constituent parts that make up brownness or the brown community, but more that more than sort of like the lived reality is people have sort of defined brownness for us in these terms by marginalizing us in all these different ways. Um, and, and so I, I think it's, it's, it's also about saying that even though we ourselves may not necessarily identify so much with, with brownness or like, you know, and say like, I am brown. Like, I, I don't know if any of us like actively walk around every day. Being like, <laughs> It's, it's, it's the reality is that's how external forces have, have pigeonholed us. Um, and so I think what we were trying to do with using the term brown was to acknowledge that, that the reality is indeed that we are marginalized to a great extent because of our skin color, but then also we have all these other identities that maybe complicate that relationship a little bit where we are then marginalized in different ways to different degrees, but also how maybe, and maybe this is not necessarily present in the book, but you know how some people can also maybe transcend their brownness by holding to, you know, holding on to specific positions or, and things like that. Um, so yeah, I, I would then encourage us to maybe not necessarily think so much about, yeah, the, the utility, because I think, I think that's not necessarily the, the, the right way or the most productive way to, 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 to think about this book or to approach the text or to even approach kind of like, yeah, race, discourse in general. Masara? Yeah, I think, you know, um, yeah, what, like, you know, like what Chris said, you know, um, of course we do acknowledge it, I guess there's limitations to just using the term brown, but I think, you know, the way I, or at least, you know, we see with the book, it's, just, it's a starting point, right? I think we made it clear that it's not like an encyclopedia of all brown experiences, or, or we, we are not saying that this is the book for you to read if you want to understand every experience of a brown person, but it is like a starting point, right? And that's why we also have writers who, uh, who are under the old category, right? They, they're not Chinese, uh, they're not um, Malay or Indian, you know, but they are a minority right. here. Um, as well, so so it was also expanding that idea of what brownness is. Yeah, yeah. Right. So thank you. So uh, since you mentioned the O category as well, which is the weirdest categorization you can come up with, right? Others, right? You're literally othering the person. Um, uh, so I just wanted to have a plug as well. I will be having a, a second episode with 
uh, Ian and Bing, and two contributors from from the book, uh, and we'll be discussing those those sorts of issues uh, as well. Uh, so still on the book. And Megan asked uh, about the book. So this is the book. Uh, where where can they get it? We are we are not ending yet. I still have a couple of questions. <laughs> where where can they get it, and for how much? Do you guys know yet? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Sorry, I got mine for free, but uh, it will be at all available bookstores soon. <laughs> yeah. And you know, bookstores, yes, uh, sorry, yeah. Do you know my okay. Sarah? I think it's uh, 25 around that, 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 that range. Yeah, so yes. those books yeah. are usually uh, very affordable, right? So yep. uh, there is no excuse not to buy... <laughs> yeah, sorry. So, this is not a good book plan. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, actually, sorry. Yeah, I should yeah. know this as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, we were we were more interested in the content. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, so thank well, you. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's also twenty five. Oh, it was books twenty five dollars. Oh, so you got it. Yes. You got it absolutely right, my Sarah. Thank you, Arun. <laughs> Uh, you can pre-order on Ethos. Oh, so many people are typing. Thank you, thank, thank you. you. So, so, so you guys, when you type, don't just don't just type. Please, uh, please buy us. <laughs> no, really, really. I, I, I really hope. I really hope my personal, I, my personal hope is that this appears on the top ten uh, Straits Times bestseller. I really hope that. Uh, and hopefully, hopefully, it will over the next month or two, at least one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sweating a bit because I, I, I really is in the in the watching the live. I'm so sorry, I'm bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, sorry. There is uh, a question here by Arun. Yeah. Uh, so how do you think conversations surrounding uh, racial privilege is related to the government's ethnic racial management? And and I presume you are talking about the HDB quotas, uh, Arun. Uh, so uh, can you? Uh, can you uh, uh, comment on that? I didn't see that in the book, uh, but I'm sure you guys have thought about it uh, and uh, discussed it. So, I guess I can start. Um, Carry on. I yeah, I think generally, you know, what we were trying to do with this book is is to look at both. I guess personal experience. That's why we have like a mix of like academic pieces and 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 um, creative pieces. You know, because we also do acknowledge that. You know, we, we need um like you know um to show the research that has already already been done generally to talk about policies you know that the state has um and how that affects you know how we understand um race and and the quota um to declare I'm actually like an O oh no can don't cancel me uh, my mom is really my dad is not <laughs> um, oh really are you, you, you know, yeah, are you an yeah, O um, yes oh, I'm an O according to the state I'm an O. You know, oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, you're, you're an yeah. Arab, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, cancel. My is cancel. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, that's the thing, right? Because of the CMIO and how, you know, the state, like, forms, you know, um, a lot of, like, these policies. Even though, you know, my I'm much closer to my mom's side, even my dad's side um, has, you know, like, everyone is very much Malay, nice in that sense. Um, we don't identify with the Arab culture anymore. Um, it's very restricting to how, you know, we people see, I think, race, you know. Um, and I see that a lot in, um, I guess, like, you know, um, you know, um, we didn't have to look at, like, housing, you know, at, at how people responded to 
Halimah Yaakob being president. Um, it was very interesting to see people were very like, oh, you know, she's not, she's not Malay, right? Even though I think a lot of us know that, you know, her mom is Malay. Her mom was like a single mom, you know, and as a Malay woman, you know, even if I think it's very obvious, you know, I, I have a lot of criticism about the state. Um, how, you know, as, as you know, the, the efforts of a Malay woman raising a child single-handedly is erased, right? Because of this whole CMIO model. And, and, and that's why, you know, for me, um, writing about gender is, 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 is also important. You know, I think it, I'm not going to go into it, but, you know, there's a lot of conversation about also nationality, you know, um, you know, when, 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 you know, let's say the wife is, 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 is not like a, a, a Singaporean, things like that, you know. Um, this CMIO thing is, is, is very, very limiting in how we understand ourselves, really. You know, it's not just a matter of like policies. It trickles down how we see ourselves. Right, and a lot of times because we are very caught up in just surviving in these countries, we don't really have time to reflect on, on policies or you know we right. think that it's a personal thing, you know. But actually, hey, you know, a lot of how we we see ourselves has been deeply rooted, you know, since since we we were a state. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Chris. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's it's it's. You know, I, I don't think any of us should be under any illusion that uh, the state has, I guess, you know, outsized power, uh, you know, in controlling some of these things, especially in Singapore, given kind of how, yeah, hegemonic, I guess, I guess they are, how pervasive they are in some different facets and, and several facets of, of, of socio-political life and personal life. So for sure, right, they do have, I think, a lot of, a lot of uh, impact in, 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 in how these things are not only like constructed, but also actively reproduced, not just by them, but how then that's internalized also, right? Like right. I was just to, yeah, a friend about how he is, both parents are Malayalam, uh, um, but then he had to take Tamil in, in school and obviously didn't do very well and sort of just kind of like, by, by, by sheer sort of luck passed all his exams, but then everyone else around, around him thought, that his second language was Tamil and there's no sort of understanding right especially I guess by sort of like yeah I guess I guess of like your majority race or just other people so they're like oh actually yeah. there are you know different languages that you know uh, you could actually that, that could actually conceivably be your mother tongue right um, and, and there's no understanding of, of that at all and obviously that I think is, is, is quite at least to me quite a clear example of how like yeah policies shape then not only um, the kinds of limit, yeah, the kinds of boxes that we're put in, but also then people, how people respond or uh, respond to us and, 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 and yeah, react to us also. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I think you guys uh, hit the nail on the head and, uh, you know, the, the, none of the categories are, are really homogeneous, but the least homogeneous for sure is the I category, right? Like you, you talked about Malayali and there, there is no linguistic uh, commonality amongst the different di subgroups of the I category, right? And in fact, in India, those would be the races, right? But here, in Indian is a nationality, but here everybody is an Indian, right? So, so my mom, my mom is Malayali, my dad is Tamil, but I, I speak neither, I speak Malay. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of, uh, even for myself, there's a lot of existential contradictions and belonging neither here nor there, you know? Neither fully to the Malay community, but neither fully to the Indian community as well. Uh, so, and on uh, my Sarah's point about President Halima, don't you think that the... I, I agree with you. I mean, it was, it was quite absurd because 
generally president halima was always accepted as a malay before this when she was running uh, in the elections the grcs were under malay and nobody ever questioned her malayness but for the presidency people question her malayness but don't you think it wasn't really a question about her malayness or her race but it was about the reserve presidency itself uh, and um, and yeah yeah karen karen yeah 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 of course I, you know of course it was definitely like a, um uh like a critic right and i have the same critic definitely right um but i think it was just for me personally it was just fascinating to see how that manifests right Yeah. Um and 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 how you know it's it's definitely like a flaw in the system and and she is a product of of the system herself right yeah and um and you know um I think what I was trying to say is really like you know it's a lot of like you know um um I guess narrative that gets erased when you kind of like force people like into right. this like box. Yeah. Right. So Ex- yeah. Yeah, yeah, I completely completely agree. So uh, excellent point I think. I think I wanted to return to the earlier point. I just wanted to uh, reiterate what uh, Chris yep. said, yep. which is um we a lot of times our self identities do not matter as much as what others describe us as and that's why even though none of us may consider ourselves as brown but that maybe there is some utility in that in terms of oh you are a minority, right? and therefore there are some policies that will be uh, that will be implemented based on this there will be some perceptions and so on okay so final question okay final question before uh, maybe i have a request at the end but i'll just i'll just leave it i didn't tell you guys so i don't know whether this is fair but i'll i'll tell you guys <laughs> it's a request okay then, then let's see whether we can bring it or not okay so So there is, and maybe maybe there will be some uh, disagreements between myself and the two of you. I don't know. Maybe there will. There, uh, maybe there won't. But on this this uh, this idea, right? So on one hand, I find that some uh, some people uh, who are on on our side, right? So maybe more more left, more left, and they would say, uh, on one hand, we need to have more open conversations on race, right? Uh, which I'm I'm definitely in favor of. Then on the other, they will say, "Oh, but you cannot. You as a Chinese, you cannot participate in this conversation. Or you, as a Chinese, when you participate in this, these are the limitations, right? You must know this, 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 this. So, don't you think there is a contradiction there? And wouldn't it be better just to allow, like, just participate, like participate with all of your shortcomings and the clumsiness, the messiness of this? Also, what what would the two of you say to them?" I guess I think I think the the only I mean the the the, the kind of like cop out answer I would say is that like it's it's a it's a bit of, it's a bit, it's a bit of both or both can exist simultaneously right like I think there is indeed important there is incredibly yeah there is importance in having safe spaces in having spaces that are sacred you know especially for people yeah of of any sort of minority identity right it doesn't necessarily be related to race where it is just a space where there is just sort of like this 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 sense of solidarity that just doesn't exist anywhere else with other people i guess in this case, yeah maybe with chinese people right and there's something that i, I guess there's a, yeah there's something so precious and so unspeakable i guess to have that kind of solidarity in a very safe space and that's very secret and i think that it's important to for us to hold on to uh, and to have those spaces but i also do think that doesn't necessarily take away from us being able to have broader conversations with with other people right it's not it's not a it's not a zero zero sum game and I, and i think that is i think worth acknowledging i mean not only 
not only uh, minority race people should acknowledge, but yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, in this sense, it was like Chinese people should, 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 should understand that, yeah, there are times where you may want to, like, you know, just have a space for yourself, and it's completely okay, and there are other times where we can we can join in, and, and I guess that's, that's what being an ally is about also, right, is, is understanding that you are sort of, like, along with them on the race, but there are times where it's also a race that they sort of just do on their own and that's completely okay. But when, when you do want to, when people do want you around, you show up and, 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 and you, you, you do as hard as you can. Thanks. Uh, my Sarah? Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, I think Chris like, pretty much like summed up everything. Um, it's about knowing, like, um, I guess it's the majority, like, or, or if you're an ally, like, you know, um, when we meet you, right? Um, like, um, of course, you can see and we, we understand, like, you know, intentions are, are good, but sometimes, you know, yeah, you just, you know, sometimes, you know, minority people, we just need to be by ourselves and there's nothing wrong with that, you know, and, and I don't think we should be um, faulted for one thing that, that, that just stays within ourselves, you know, uh, but again, I also don't believe in, like, shutting off conversations with the majority because that's not going to help anything. I think everyone would know what their capacity is in having these conversations. I think I think that's the most, one important thing. It's, it's knowing your own capacity as a brown person right. also. Okay, thank you. I think that's really important, yeah. So those with more capacity should be doing more of the heavy lifting mm-hmm. or can be doing more of the heavy yeah. lifting, I suppose, right? So my, my request is this, right, to end, to end this session, right? Um, uh, can you guys do an impromptu one? Brown is this, brown is that. Can, <laughs> can you guys do that? Uh, I mean, you, get, you can say no, I don't want to impose. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. I just want to say I really enjoyed it. <laughs> so, but, yeah. but if you guys... Is think it like it's, oh, yeah. No, nope. just do it. Yeah. No, oh, a new oh, one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I okay. guess I, I think only only if you join in lah, so we can. <laughs> yes, correct. Yes, yes, yes. Only if I let join in. Yes, yes. But I'm yes, not. I'm not. Like, but I don't do know how. Like I mean, you guys were you guys were the experts, and you guys did it so beautifully. I'm just gonna spoil your art, okay? So. <laughs> yeah. So so you guys can can think about uh, what to say while while I address this uh, these two comments. Uh, so. Were there considerations for Chinese contributors to avoid seeming as a biased perspective? And Suhail answered, why would it be biased? It's a book by minorities. Uh, and I think it is, uh, I mean, it is a book by minorities, unapologetically so. Uh, and even if it's biased, so what? Like it's, <laughs> it's meant to be a perspective of people's lived experiences, right? So by definition, it, it is going to be biased, right? And that's okay, right? Uh, you guys were not pretending to... Uh, analyze the the history of uh, socio-political re- realities of race in Singapore, right? I mean, you dealt with socio-political realities, you dealt with race, but uh, and you dealt with politics, but I don't think that was the, the essence. So I, I didn't think it needed to be that academic, unbiased uh, book. Yeah, so there are a lot of uh, positive comments. Thank you for creating that space to both of you. Thank you for this book where they can feel at home and others can join as well. All right, so are we ready? <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, uh, Brown is Brown is having long eyelashes. Sorry. Brown is <laughs> Brown is nasi padang anti calling you sayang. Ah yes, 
And I always return whenever, even if it's not nice, just to hear the sayang. <laughs> Your turn, go. Oh, my turn. Oh. Brown yeah. is getting disturbed for your body hair from a very young age. Um, brown is um, having to shave every day if you want to be clean shaven. Brown is being asked every National Day rally, you know, when are you guys going to be going to catch up? <laughs> <laughs> No, just as you were saying that, the comment comes down is getting uh, talked down by, by, by the minister. Okay. Uh, so, Brown is, I don't know whether you guys have mentioned before, Brown is beautiful eyes. Can I just slide that in? Yeah, so I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Brown is level 5 mala, not spicy enough by, by someone, by Azira. Yeah. Uh, okay, I, maybe one last round. Uh, Brown is Brown is my beautiful mother. Oh, how do you top that? No, that's just unfair. How do you? <laughs> yeah, that's not. Brown is my beautiful mother. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, okay. So I'll I'll end with this. Brown is uh, saying that you're gonna leave someone's place, but then actually leaving twenty minutes later because you. <laughs> You'll shake the head. You stand up and shake the hand and then continue. And then you walk to the door and then you walk to the lift and then you walk to the <laughs> So, my Sarah, Kristen, thank you so much. I really enjoyed today's session. And thank you for your contributions, especially at such a young age. And I really recommend everyone. Uh, Ethos Books, $25. We finally got that <laughs> eventually. <laughs> yeah, so, and I will be having another session uh, on this by two other contributors. So, thank you so much. Uh, and congrats on the publication. Okay. Thank, Thank you so much. Having us. Okay. Thank you so Good night. Much. Good night, everyone. Bye-bye. See you. Bye. Bye.